90% of manufacturing data remains unused. So that's a, a, significant, a significant asset that's not being leveraged at all. Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Sadika, welcome to another episode of Texas Global podcast. I'm Chao Rat Yong Jiran on Pupei, your host as always. And of course, I'm an editor at the Texas Media Company. Now, as always, we always talk about things that are of a concern with the startup or the tech sector. And one of the things that definitely is a, a major concern here in Thailand is how is the economy doing? And one of the major contributors to that is the um, manufacturing uh, sector. Today, we're going to take a look at how uh, digital transformation has taken place in the sector, along with updates from a leading uh, company that I'm sure all of us know, <laughs> and that is IBM. I'm so happy to have Paul Burton, the general manager of IBM Asia Pacific, with me today. He's responsible for all strategic and operational matters related to IBM sales, marketing, services, and delivery operations across Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, Korea, India, the Greater China region, including Hong Kong and Taiwan. Hello, Paul. Hello. How are Hello. you? I'm so happy Hello. that we get to talk with you today. Hi, Paul. Um, you know, uh, definitely, we're very excited to hear about IBM and and what you've been up to. But first, um, let's talk about what's happened so far in the Asia Pacific market in the past three years, especially with the pandemic. What have you seen so far as major changes? Well, you know, I think when we when we step back and look at it, there's really been I can probably put my fingers on three major changes uh, as a result of the of the pandemic. First, uh, there's certainly more focus now on supply chain resiliency than perhaps there was prior to the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic has certainly exposed the fragility and the inherent efficiencies of traditional supply chains. Uh, and quite frankly, industries were caught off guard and routine operations uh, were impacted. I think we probably all can think back two or three years and uh, recall that. Uh, as consumers, we all have our personal stories to tell, but you know, the most visible impact was probably the medical equipment supply chain as demand skyrocketed for masks, personal protective equipment, and even hospital, uh, even hospital uh, beds, the supply chain struggled. The pandemic nearly uh, you know, clearly moved the issue of supply chain resiliency to the forefront and companies became much, much more aware of how global risk and uncertainty affects supply chains. We saw that not just, you know, in, in medical, but in, you know, um, you know, tech manufacturing really across the board. The second thing I'd, I'd probably point to would be changes, and this, this is probably near and dear to everybody, uh, changes in uh, shopping and lifestyle and consumer behavior. You know, social distancing, lockdowns, other measures led consumers to change their behavior to online shopping. Uh, you know, heightened social media use, internet, uh, you know, telephony and teleconferencing, you know, Zoom uh, really came into uh, vogue at that point in time, as well as other teleconferencing platforms and, you know, streaming of films and videos and all sorts of uh, media and entertainment. Uh, online shopping was already growing, uh, particularly in, in Thailand at the time, but the pandemic really accelerated the trend with a massive increase in the number of people ordering you know, everything from groceries to clothing to household uh, supplies online. Um, the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, the first half of 2021, Thailand, you know, achieved 68% growth in e-commerce. 
uh, that was something like a 51% year over year increase uh, in the digital economy or something like $30 billion uh, in 2021. So that's pretty significant. Um, you know, even McKinsey, I think, reported that Asian consumers are expected to account for half of global consumption growth in the next decade, you know, equivalent to something like $10 trillion in opportunity. So the pandemic has really drawn new uh, consumer map, um, you know, period across the board. Um, those, are, those are really the big changes that we're seeing. And, and it's very important to, to note that a lot of the changes that you said have been the evolution of a lot of things uh, from learning or, or adapting to the situation, which leads me to my next point is that, you know, the important lessons uh, that have been learned specifically in your field, the information business during the pandemic, how has, you know, the IBM handled the situation? Well, you know, the, as, I, as I mentioned briefly, the pandemic exposed, exposed the fragility of supply chains, fragmentation of business operations, the need for business to be more flexible and resilient. Um, all of those things really stood out. Um, and technology expertise became probably more important, you know, than ever, you know, because things happened, to, you know, things needed to happen without people necessarily going into the office. So automation and all sorts of things uh, became, you know, really important. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would say a couple things. One, you got to evaluate the disruptions and the impact on supply chain, and you got to bring technology uh, to help clients and manage and mitigate risk. Uh, during the very first month of the pandemic, you know, we launched the Rapid Supplier Connect, a platform to connect government and hospital procurement offices, officers with manufacturers that had switched their production lines to manu manufacture medical supplies and personal protective equipment. Um, you know, this, this rapid supplier connect platform uses a blockchain based infrastructure to verify more than 200 suppliers, you know, that they have uh, so far signed up for the platform to sell face masks, boot covers and other protective equipment. Uh, so disruptions impact the supply chain. Um, you really got to evaluate those. Second, I would say business continuity is huge. Um, mm -hmm. Businesses needed to learn very quickly how to operate um, in this new environment. So, um, you know, uh, you know, though being limited by a long period of enhanced community quarantine, you know, we were able to help clients like Mitsubishi Motors uh, in the Philippines transform processes across the operation and vehicle supply chain through the successful implementation of a vehicle management system. In Thailand, as an example, we were able to help a major telco operator modernize and migrate applications to the public cloud during the pandemic. Uh, you know, the modernization was completed, um, you know, pretty quickly and helped support the government you know, during the vaccine rollout just last year. And then finally, I would say agil uh, agile and resilience, agility and resiliency, you know, equipping clients with technology that supports, you know, future scenarios, you know, being being equipped and, you know, positioned for the future. Um, you know, we work with Siam Kubota, as an example, a leader in farm and industrial machinery in ASEAN to transform its planning, budgeting and forecasting and analysis to build accurate forecasts and react uh, to the farmers and agricultural challenges in a more sustainable way. Um, you know, the idea is, to, you know, synchronize planning across business units and over 70 data sources. You know, this synchronizing the data and synchronizing the intelligence across all these data sources, we are able to provide a holistic view of performance with operational plans automatically updating financial, financial results. So I think this idea of integrating everything, uh, getting a complete view from start to finish, um, agility, technology, 
looking at the supply chain holistically, these are all very important things that we got involved in, you know, with our clients, you know, from the start of the pandemic and remain so engaged even today. That's a big transition. Uh, definitely a lot of details when it comes to, to uh, you know, making that happen. Um, now, of course, you've uh, been hands-on with a lot of different countries in the region, uh, but for those who specifically want to, to know more or learn more about the manufacturing sector in, in Thailand, um, what are the, in your opinion, what are the potential factors that you know, should be considered for, for Thai manufacturers right now? Well, I think digital transformation uh, remains huge. I mean, this idea of, of digitally transforming your operations and um, automating them, um, you know, to increase business velocity and throughput uh, for a tr traditional or, you know, uh, manufacturing change is huge. You know, pandemic re recovery accelerated this whole process. You know, if you look at um, APAC today, something like two thirds, approximately plus or minus a little bit, but something like two thirds of APAC GDP is now coming from digitally transforming enterprises and governments, you know, something like a $1.2 trillion opportunity in the next year or two. And so um, this idea of, um, you know, automating, using data, using AI, uh, adapting processes to these new technologies, you know, that's what digital transformation is all about. And it's a huge opportunity. And as it happens, inefficiencies are being, um, you know, taken out of supply chains and uh, efficiencies increase, prices go down and, you know, better service all around. You know, an example might be, um, you know, the Thailand Board of Investment estimated that the country's digital economy is poised for greater growth and is expected to constitute something like 25% of Thailand's gross domestic product by 2027. 20, uh, so, you know, even Thailand, and you know, is growing pretty substantially. Um, so, you know, I think you can look at that. You can look at um, the fact that Thailand continues to be uh, and is positioned as a top manufacturing hub uh, with the country's Industry 4.0 roadmap as a driver for sustainable growth. Um, you, know, so, you know, the manufacturing sector in Thailand, I think, was something like 27% of Thai GDP in 2021. We would expect this uh, certainly to increase, right? And, you know, there's a high number of installations of industrial robots um, and automation and industrial robots in Thailand. I think this is only second to Singapore. Um, you know, Thailand has a 4.0 strategy uh, that aims to transform the country into an innovation and knowledge-based digital hub in Southeast Asia. So there's just a lot going on in Thailand um, that needs to be paid attention to. But it, again, it's all around, you know, automation, digitization, um, robotics, data, AI, um, you know, those are the big things that are happening in manufacturing in Thailand, I think. When you, when you get into the details of the technology integration into the, the manufacturing business, um, uh, where are we at right now? Of course, you know, when you say that there needs to be digitization, there needs to be the integration of AI blockchain, that is uh, quite a lot to do. Uh, where, at what point or what progress are we at right now for, for manufacturers, do you see? Well, I think there's still a lot of untapped manufacturing data out there. You know, I mean, the, you know, you know supply chains or manufacturing plants, they throw off a tremendous amount of data just through the normal operations. So I think the number that I recently saw, something like 2,200 terabytes of data can be generated each month, um, you know, from a single production line at a modern manufacturing plant. So, you know, that's a lot of data to analyze and glean intelligence from. 
you know, so, you know, breaking it down a little bit, you know, plants typically use alarm mechanisms that collect data to detect production abnormalities for quality control, you know, but 90% of manufacturing data remains unused. So mm. that's a, a significant, a significant asset that's not being leveraged at all. Manufacturers emphasize on capturing data for historical reporting, as opposed to using data to predict future events or improve decision-making. You know, it's, it's great that you're doing reporting after the fact, but perhaps you can analyze that data in real time and get more value out of it. You know, a quarter of organizations are capturing sensor data and using it for decision-making, you know, in a particularly meaningful way. You know, only a quarter, you know, there's a 75% that uh, could probably improve there. And only a quarter of organizations are optimizing uh, asset and equipment, equipment maintenance schedules, you know, based on analysis of future of failure modes, you know, and looking at things like balancing reliability versus cost. So there's a lot of predictive work that can be done uh, in that area. You know, there's also decision-making capabilities. You know, we could talk about, you know, in many instances, decision-making is inhibited by manufacturing processes and sustainable operations. Production data is just, you know, can be mined, analyzed, and used to help, but it's not. So, for example, three in 10 organizations consistently use data from equipment processes and systems uh, to draw insights for continuous process and, you know, improvement. But fewer than one in five have real-time access to important manufacturing data across the enterprise. So there's quite a disparity there, you know, very low numbers in terms of leveraging um, and exploiting data. You know, manufacturers could analyze warranty claims to determine um, breakdowns in the manufacturing process. However, data science expertise and specialized tools are required to prepare and manipulate and analyze this unstructured data. So, that, you know, another question is, you know, does this, is the skills gap uh, or a lack of skills getting in the way of this? So that's mm. sort of an open question, not just in Thailand, by the way, but I think that's an open question um, across the region. Uh, sustainability, of course, is a top manufacturing objective. Organizations struggle uh, to report on and make decisions about sustainability uh, without proper data and metrics. So, you know, I think one of the things I should have mentioned probably a little bit earlier is that, you know, during the pandemic, sustainability has become a bigger issue as people have worked at yeah. home and had time, mm. time to reflect on lifestyle and other issues. And sustainability has really peaked up. But one of the big issues, of course, is, um, you know, do we have a baseline of how our actions today are impacting sustainability. Um, what's our sustainability score as an example? So I think there's probably a lot of work that can be done there. And then the last thing I'd probably point out is, you know, unsophisticated technology environments, you know, technological barriers are inflexible. Legacy systems um, are identified as two of the most, you know, significant manufacturing barriers. Um, executives continue to identify a combination of three technologies that are important to advancing manufacturing objectives. So we can name them, you know, AI to generate insights, security technologies, um, you know, to protect, you know, manufacturing uh, infrastructure, particularly technology, and then of course, cloud computing. So these three things are important as well. So there's really a lot going on, um, you know, that we can point to, but I think it all comes down to, you know, um, you, you know, automation, um, technology, digitization, process improvement, all these things need to come together. And of course, don't ever forget about skills and uh, skills gaps that may exist to employ these technologies and, and generate these benefits. A lot, a lot to be, doing, be done, but a lot of potential as well. 
given uh, given the data that we have. Uh, but you know, when when you when you set out to do these 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 uh, goals or complete the these goals, uh, there are challenges as always. Each market has their own unique challenges. Uh, in Thailand, definitely, I'm sure, as you hinted there, there's uh, things that we share as well with other regions in terms of a talent gap um, and also the economic downturn right now. Uh, can you share a little bit about the the main challenges that you see right now that you know the Thai industrial sector needs to to overcome? Well, I, I would I would say strategic partnerships with indie, industry uh, partners, industry experts, technology providers. Um, you know, this idea of an ecosystem is increasingly important. No one no one company, no one person these days has the expertise needed to solve every problem, much less in many cases any problem. So you're going to have to bring ecosystems. Uh, together, you know, partners, technology partners, process partners, industry partners, um, you know, partners with specific niche expertise and form teams almost um, in an ad hoc fashion uh, for the purpose of accomplishing something important. So at IBM, for example, we focus on an ecosystem led approach to help support clients in industrial and the manufacturing sector, uh, integrating partner products and intellectual capital. Um, augmenting those things, of course, with IBM technologies and hopefully, you know, next generation manufacturing capabilities. You know, there certainly seems to be a growing, growing role for partners from an IBM perspective, because every client that's on a digital transformation journey, which is pretty much every client these days, you know, they want specialization that no one vendor can provide. I sort you know, I, I mentioned that a moment ago, no one knows everything. So you got to build teams, you got to do it in a, you know, in an agile ad hoc fashion. So this idea of creating shared value uh, for clients and a shared vision uh, is extremely uh, important. And of course, a lot of that involves, um, you know, hybrid cloud and AI to the extent that we're talking about, you know, manufacturing and having modern, you know, manufacturing chains, you know, driven by, you know, modern modern technology, you know, hybrid cloud AI, uh, so we can get cost and productivity benefits. Um, you know, so those, th those are certainly things that, I would point out that most manufacturers, but certainly manufacturers in Thailand could benefit, you know, and adapt to. Do you have uh, some hesitancy when, when you when you speak with manufacturers on, on investing in the, the area? I mean, of course, everyone knows that there is importance into investing in it, uh, but, but given the economic situation now, do you see any hesitancy? I think it's, I, I think, um, you know, that's an interesting question. I, I, I think if you just have a conceptual conversation with people about the need for uh, digital transformation, cloud, AI, hybrid cloud, automation, you know, cybersecurity, we, we could, you know, list all the topics. I think if you just have a, a conceptual conversation with executives on these topics, there's no disagreement at all. They all agree how important they are and how necessary they are. But then when it comes time to, um, you know, making hard decisions and prioritizing projects and monies, and, you know, capital investments, you know, so, sometimes the results vary industry by industry. So I think at the end of the day, I think it comes down to the leadership of the particular uh, company or the enterprise. And I think forward looking leaders are understanding that investing in digital infrastructure and digital capabilities is something that's going to, um, you know, um, give you competitive advantage well into the future. And I think more interesting or perhaps, you know, uh, startling perhaps for some is that whoever invests first and gets themselves out on that journey, they start to increase the distance between themselves and their competitors in terms of performance and ability 
um, you know, to adapt to an environment that, quite frankly, is changing very rapidly and perhaps susceptible to disruption at any particular point in time. I don't think anyone saw the pandemic coming, uh, but it came. And those that adapted very quickly um, and effectively, I think, did quite well and others not so well. So I think, you know, leadership has a lot to do with it, but it's not just leadership in terms of a domain perspective or a particular industry's perspective. It's really, you know, thinking holistically about about your company, your industry, the environment, and all sorts of risks that may have been, you know, let's say exogenous to your thinking before or exogenous to your strategic uh, posture before, but now need to be integrated into it from a planning perspective. And so I think these are, uh, these are big issues for CEOs these days. And, and, you know, you mentioned there, I just wanted to follow up a little bit about you talking about uh, talent. Um, obviously, in these new areas, it's, uh, it's, it's like, you know, of course, uh, very, you know, not even this region, but around the world, hard to find and retain a good talent to, to help make that transition. What is your advice or what are some solutions that you've seen that uh, could be applied here in Thailand? In terms of developing talent, uh, you know, yeah, I think or um, retaining it, you know, for for that transition. Yeah, you know, I, I think just can I think continue I think you have to invest. I think I would urge companies and I, I think companies really need to think hard about how they invest in human capital. Um, I think companies that, you know, uh, you know, attracting and retaining talent is a difficult task. It's it's much easier to retain it once you have it. But then, of course, you've got to invest in it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to retain it. And so I think continuous training, continuous um, opportunities for the employee, uh, challenging opportunities, um, articulable um, um, you know, career growth opportunities. I think all of these things are, are very, very important. And I think companies really need to invest in them. They really need to think through their strategy um, you know, holistically. Okay, and you know, let's let's take a look at the the concept of Industry 4.0, uh, and you know, and how Thai manufacturers uh, should adapt to to fit into to this uh, concept. But can you can you give us your perspective of 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 this concept and and how uh, it can be possible in addition to what you just said? Well, you know, I think I think Industry 4.0, you know, is all about leveraging, you know, new technologies that exist today and ones that are coming that we can, you know, some of them will anticipate and some of them we won't. Um, and, and so I think it goes back to the point I made a little bit earlier um, about this idea about ecosystems. You know, no one's going to know everything and no one's going to be able to contribute everything. And so you're going to have to form ad hoc teams um, uh, uh, of partners that have different, um, you know, uh, different, um, you know, expertise. Um, so I, you know, I think, uh, you know, an interesting idea in Thailand, for example, is uh, Triple Dot Consulting, you know, which is an IBM business partner. You know, they brought AI-powered enterprise asset management solutions to help manage high-value assets uh, for electric power plants of the electric of the electricity generating authority of Thailand, in which I believe is Thailand's third largest, um, or you know, a large uh, power producer in Thailand. So you know, this had a pretty significant impact. You know, thirty percent decreased inventory carrying costs. Um, you know, uh, so there's some significant quanti quantitative benefits that came as a result of this. But, you know, they didn't do it all by themselves. That's the whole mm. point. This, you know, it's an IBM business partner. It worked with our technology, but they obviously had domain expertise. And then obviously, um, 
the electricity generating authority of Thailand itself contributed uh, tremendously as well. So I think you got to bring all of this together and you got to, you got to make it work, but it's got to be aligned on a particular objective. You know, teams don't mm. form for no purpose at all. They form to accomplish something. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration, but then with a, a focus, a goal that, that everyone on board kind of is clearly, you know, uh, uh, has a clear vision of, of what needs to be done, right? Um, and talking mm -hmm. about IBM, uh, how, you know, can you give us the updates on, on how you, uh, you have been working to help businesses go through uh, this digital transformation process successfully? Well, you know, I think it, it, it comes down to, um, y you know, working with, um, I think it comes down to working with our chief executive, with the chief executives and others in the business unit to really understand what their objectives are and what, how they're being challenged by this, you know, somewhat novel environment that's not so novel anymore, because I think we're sort of getting used to it at this point. And so I think there are always opportunities um, to find novel approaches to old problems and um, perhaps use old approaches to novel problems. I mean, it, it really varies, but I think it always comes down and it's increasingly coming down in this world of digitization to, you know, automation, AI, and other technologies that you can bring to bear to give maximum agility, but also maximum resiliency um, to business processes um, that companies have. So uh, I think that's really the key. Mm. Uh, and, you know, just to wrap things up, uh, a lot of people who are listening to us right now are, are coming from different backgrounds, you know, whether they're startups or, or companies, corporates who are listening in, whether in Thailand or overseas. What is um, the key takeaway that you'd like to leave this conversation with, you know, in terms of the, the integration of technology, the importance of it here in the region? Well, I think, I think um, you know, uh, I, you can't fully leverage technology unless you relook your business processes. Um, and so um, you can deploy any technology you want, but unless you're going to adapt your business processes to uh, the capabilities of the technology and the potential of the technology, you're not going to get a full return on that investment. So I, I don't think you can look at technology in a vacuum. I think you got to look at it in conjunction with how you do business, how, what your business processes are. And then, of course, you've got to evaluate all that in terms of specific objectives uh, that your leadership has for the business. So I think it starts out with business objectives, uh, looking at the processes and technologies that you need to deploy to meet those objectives with an eye towards automation, AI, uh, which almost necessarily means, you know, getting into a hybrid cloud environment. Um, and then I think that's, that's really where it's at today. Okay. I'm so excited to see where, where we're going to go, uh, given the, the great potential that we have here in Thailand. And also, uh, you know, we're excited to see the, the latest progress is coming from IBM as well. Paul Byrne, thank you so much for being with us here today in our podcast. Maka. And this has been yet another recording of Texas Global Podcast. Thank you for uh, listening. And of course, we aim to give you more interesting topics in our next episode. See you next time. Sadiqa. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts.